Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. I'm your host, Carrie Green, and I'm here with my new co-host, Melissa Colston. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. We're sorry that Eden is no longer with us. She um, is not working at the library anymore, but it's great to have a new person on Books and Bites Definitely, and we wish Eden all the best in her new position. Absolutely. So, Melissa, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, I'm originally from northern Kentucky, but I've lived in the central Kentucky area for a while. I was in South Carolina for a little while, got a library science degree there, and then came right back, and I'm so happy to be here at JCPL and happy to be on the podcast. Well, we're glad to have you, too. So this month we're talking about reading goals and challenges. Melissa, I know you're participating in a reading challenge this year. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Uh, This is the first year I've ever done a reading challenge, actually, and I'm pretty excited about it. I uh, decided to go with the Book Riot Read Harder Challenge. I'd seen other people talking about it around the internet last year and looked at it a little bit too far into the year to get involved. But this year I decided to jump in and I've got a bunch of different things picked out and I'm looking forward to this year of, of finding new books and working my way through the challenges. So what are some of the challenges that you're excited about? Well, um, they've got I think 24 or 26. It might be 26 challenges. So you've got two for, oh no, it's 24 because they have two for each month. Um, and. Some of them are definitely easier for me to do, um, but anything nonfiction is always going to be a challenge for me because it's just not my, not my favorite world. I'm much more into the, the stories made up uh, world of things, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about the YA series challenge, but it has to be new to you. Um, And I've read a lot of different YA series and a lot of them are great so I'm excited to find a new one Um, and there are a few others that are also going to be really interesting Um, one of them is a to find a science fiction book that is both written by a female author and also has a female protagonist Mm -hmm. I've actually already completed that challenge so cool yeah I'm excited So do you have any challenges and goals that you're reaching for this year? Well, I'm not doing a full-on challenge like you are. Um, I do have a few more goals. Um, Some of them are the same as they were last year. I always try to read more diversely, um, and by that I mean more racial and ethnic diversity. I also would like to read more poetry. I know I probably read more than most people do, however, as... um, as a poet, I, you know, feel like I always can read more poetry. I would also like to read more graphic novels and comics because it's something I kind of have to go out of my way to find ones that I like, but I really enjoyed the ones that I read for um, the podcast we did over this, no, I guess it was in the fall. Um, So I would like to try and read more graphic novels and comics. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of grumbling from people on Goodreads about the Book Riot comics challenges. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> people just don't want to read comics and graphic novels. For oh, some okay. Reason. I really enjoy them, but it is you do have to sort of seek out the ones that interest you. Yeah, and I think, um, I think you know, one thing that is was really eye-opening to me is that they're not all superheroes. They're not Definitely. all capes and <laughs> um, superpowers. Um, so there really is something for everyone in graphic novels, too. Yeah. And if you really want superheroes, but not from Marvel or DC, there's always the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yes, that, is, <laughs> that was my personal favorite that I read last year. She's great. So we will link to some of these challenges on our blog. So if you're interested in um, taking on a reading challenge, um, then you can find some yourself and let us know if you if there's a challenge that you're doing. Um, you can email us at podcast at justpublib.org. So like I said, nonfiction is always going to be a tough challenge for me because no matter how fascinated I am by a topic, nine times out of 10, I will just put a nonfiction book down and never pick it back up again. Um, but there are just too many exciting fiction books out there to steal my attention away. Um, however, the Read Harder Challenge from Book Riot has a couple of nonfiction challenges that I'm pretty excited about because of the books that I've found to fulfill them. Um, one of those challenges is to find and read a book about nature. So one of the books that I found to fulfill that is called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Te Teachings of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Braiding Sweetgrass is a complicated book that takes its time weaving together the science of botany, Native American culture, and stories of our past, present, and future. I'm excited to listen to the audiobook, which we have available through Hoopla. Um, I, I'm hoping that audio will be a little bit easier for me to get through it. Because, mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, it's easy for me to just put something down and not pick it back up again. But with audio, you know, I can just have it on when I'm driving to work or running mm -hmm. around doing errands. And I think this topic and the way that it's written will hopefully keep me <laughs> keep me engaged. <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've read a little bit of it so far, and it's it's beautifully written. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot that speaks to me about the topic. So I'm excited to read that. Cool. Well, we look forward to hearing what you think of it. Thanks. As I mentioned earlier, one of my reading goals from last year that I want to continue this year is to read more diversely. So I thought I'd start by talking about Exit West, a novel by Pakistani writer Mohsin Hamid. This book was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize, so it's also a great choice if you're interested in reading prize-winning books. And I know that on the Book Riot Challenge, I think one of their challenges was to read a book with a cover you dislike. <laughs> yep, that's a popular one. <laughs> and I love the um, cover of the regular type 
um, edition of Exit West, but um, in looking over it again, that was checked out. So I had to check out the large type edition, which has a very ugly cover. So this also qualifies for that challenge as well. For sure. I can attest to its its ugliness, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sad to say. Yes. <laughs> we never want a book to have an ugly no, cover, but no, especially a great one. <laughs> so Exit West pulled me in immediately with a gorgeous opening passage that introduces main characters Nadia and Saeed and forecasts everything will, that will be at stake for them and the book. It begins, quote, It might seem odd that in cities teetering at the edge of the abyss, young people still go to class. But that is the way of things, with cities as with life. For one moment we are pottering about our errands as usual, and the next we are dying, and our eternally impending ending does not put a stop to our transient beginnings and middles until the instant when it does. Nadia and Said are lovers in an unnamed city under siege by militants. When their city falls into the abyss and life becomes unbearable, they seek escape through doors that have mysteriously begun to open and which, for the right price, can magically transport people to different lands. Passage through the doors is swift, but incredibly difficult, quote, both like dying and being born, unquote. This literary device gives the novel a fairy tale quality and allows us to see the universality of Nadia and Said's experience. As one character says near the end of the book, quote, we are all migrants through time, unquote. With lyrical imagery and an inventive storyline, Exit West illuminates the current refugee crisis and explores what it means to leave your homeland and family behind. Pair Exit West with the book Soup for Syria, Recipes to Celebrate Our Shared Humanity. Barbara Abdeni Massad collected the recipes in this book from chefs and cookbook authors all over the world to help fund food relief efforts to Syrian refugees. It includes beautiful photographs of the recipes, as well as portraits of refugees that Massad met while delivering food to their camps in Lebanon. In Exit West, Nadia and Said first stay in a refugee camp on the Greek island of Mykonos, where they try unsuccessfully to fish with a broken rod and reel. I'd much rather imagine them filling their empty bellies with Greek chickpea soup with lemon and rosemary, a recipe from Soup for Syria that sounds both comforting and delicious. So one of the other Read Harder challenges is to read a science fiction book that is both written by a female author and also has a female protagonist. Uh, This challenge is one that I'm a little sad about because I actually read the perfect book for it last year. But if you're not a big sci-fi fan or are looking for something a little bit different in the genre, I can highly recommend Becky Chambers' The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. It's often described as cozy sci-fi. Which Ooh, is that a little, sounds it's, right up my alley. It's very different from most sci-fi out there, and it is very, I don't want to say mundane, but it's like there's a lot of just normal, everyday kind of stuff that happens in it. Um, mm-hmm. 
this it, it's more about the crew of the Wayfarer and their relationships than it is about their mission to the aforementioned small angry planet. Um, there's definitely that you know that plot is always there, mm-hmm. um, but you get a lot more character and world development and just relationship building, which I think okay. doesn't happen in a lot of yeah a lot of books in general. It's a really special book. I, I highly I'm recommend going it. I have to look into that one. Yeah, and the the audio is also really great. I can recommend that as well. Um, I once I finished it, I like immediately added it to my mental list of comfort reads, and the same thing can be said for the sequel, which is actually can be read as a standalone. Um, you don't have to have read the first one to understand what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But the sequel is called A Closed and Common Orbit, and it's a it doesn't, it's not a road trip book like the first one is, and it's not, there aren't as many characters. There, there are fewer characters, and it's a lot more about questions of identity and, um, you know, what it means to be a person, mm-hmm. which is, she just does a really great job. I really enjoy those books. So highly recommend both of those, and the narrator um, that does the audio did both of them, and I just... I like the way she reads. So, um, That's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, comfort reads are great. And then um, one of the things that I thought about when I was thinking of what to pair with this for food is um, at my house, once the cool weather starts to, to descend in the fall, we immediately turn to comforting stews and soups for dinner. And one of our favorite stews especially that is very comforting and fulfilling is uh, one of those dishes that is impressive without being too difficult to make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mushroom bourguignon from Deb Perlman's Smitten Kitchen. That's hard to say. Um, <laughs> but Perlman adapted Julia Child's classic boeuf bu- bourguignon. I'm not a French <laughs> speaker, so pardon the pronunciation. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this recipe is a lot quicker than uh, Julia Child's beef recipe, and it's a vegetarian version that is just so good that you don't ever miss the meat, if you're asking me. Um, (laughs) I like to throw in a half a cup of lentils to bulk it up a little bit more, but it's just as good without. And the recipe is easily found on Perlman's treasure trove of a website, but it's also featured in Food 52's cookbook, Genius Recipes, which Mm -hmm. is a great cookbook because they sort of gather all the best recipes together from all these different places and people. Um, So it's really interesting to see how they break them down and sort of explain how to do things with either without a recipe or um, by the recipe of someone who is a great chef. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend you check that book out. So the next book I wanted to recommend is a graphic novel called Here by Richard McGuire. I recommend Here for people who don't normally read graphic novels or for those who read them but want to try something different. This book is kind of difficult to describe because it is so different, so I'll start by reading the jacket copy. Quote, Richard McGuire's Here is the story of a corner of a room and the events that have occurred in that space over the course of hundreds of thousands of years, unquote. The book moves back and forth through time, sometimes jumping to before the room existed and sometimes jumping to the future when the room no longer exists. 
instead of traditional graphic novel or comic panels, one image of the space fills each page spread. Some of the pages have panels superimposed over this background image, almost like a collage. Often multiple years are represented on the same page, allowing you to view the room at different points in time. So for instance, a page that shows the room in 1915 also shows a bison lounging on the ground in 10,000 BCE and a child reading a book on the floor in 1970. That sounds like it could get really busy, but it doesn't. The illustrations are subdued and dreamy, the colors low contrast. Even the pages that include multiple panels feel somehow restful. Although the book does not have a traditional linear narrative, it contains stories within the larger story of the room. For example, in multiple panels that take place in 1775, we witness an argument between a father and son on different sides of the Revolutionary War, while in 2005, another son cares for his aging father. And in between, we see all the little moments that people from different centuries have experienced in their living rooms. Birthdays, parties, holidays, new babies, growing old, watching TV, all the things that make us human. I was a little surprised that a book focusing on a room hardly mentions food, but such is the case with here. In one 1953 panel, a character notes that, quote, if we could see a loaf of bread by its smell, it would be enormous. That mention is spot on, since bread is one of our oldest and most continuous foods. According to an article on the History Channel's website, people began breaking, baking bread at least 30,000 years ago. And what better bread to pair with a book focused on history than a rustic, chewy sourdough? After all, properly cared for sourdough starters can last forever. I've never made sourdough myself. Have you, Melissa? I haven't, but my husband used to work at a bakery and had the capacity to keep up with it for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it takes a lot of effort and consistent baking. you got to bake a lot with it if you want to keep it alive. Right. Yeah. Maybe if you're lucky, you can find someone who's already started one. Yeah. Well, use. I know the, um, the starter that the bakery, um, the Bluegrass Baking Company uses, mm -hmm. I believe his starter is over 80 years old. Oh, wow. He, he inherited it from someone else and has kept it going. And because of the way that starter is um, kept alive, you always incorporate some of the old, like you always have a little bit of the old stuff in there. So it's technically still the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess. That's the way they talk about it. <laughs> it's, so, it's an old starter. <laughs> so if you can't make it yourself, you can buy a loaf from... All kinds of places. Yeah. But Bluegrass Baking Company makes some very fine bread. <laughs> but if you do want to make it yourself, we have a ton of bread baking books, uh, including Baking Sourdough Bread, which is available on Hoopla. So like I said, one of the other Read Harder challenges that I'm excited about is finding a new YA or middle grade series that I haven't read before. Um, I'm a sucker for a good YA series just because when they're done really well, you get to, you know, continue on 
with the same great characters that you've enjoyed in the first book um, on their continued adventures, let's say. Um, and this is another category that I'm sad that I, I already read a series for um, so that I can't reread it again according to my <laughs> own rules for my reading challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the one of my very favorite YA series that I just love um, on a, a lot of levels, I just discovered it last year, um, and it was originally published in the 90s. But it's the series Abhorsim by Garth Nix. And the first book is called Sabriel. Um, and unfortunately, I read it not just once last year. I read it twice last year <laughs> because I enjoyed it so much. I read it right, right away after I read it the first time. Um, but Sabriel is the main character of the first book. And she is the adopted daughter of a necromancer who is forced to take up his... She is forced to take up her father's dead quelling bells when he gets trapped in death. It's a great story, um, very inventive and unique, and it feels very fresh. Um, And it's very low on teen angst, which is one of my (laughs) criteria for YA, um, especially among among the young women. Um, The sequel to Sabriel is, uh, there's a little more angst in there, but they're still very capable young people. but if that's the kind of thing that bothers you about YA, I highly recommend Sabriel. <laughs> um, but what I love best about Sabriel is that the audio version and the, um, of both Sabriel and the sequels are narrated by the most amazing Tim Curry. Mm. And he does just an amazing narration job. It's it's one of the books that I, I wished it lasted longer so I could just keep listening to him read them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's such a joy, and it's like a treat to listen to him read them. Um, like I said, I can't recommend them highly enough, especially if YA isn't your cup of tea, um, because there's just there's a lot about Sabriel that, you know, it's only YA because she's 17. Mm-hmm. Like these the themes and the challenges that she faces are are fully, you know, weighty in a way that adult books can be. Um, but it just so happens that she's younger than 18, so mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Um, but another book that's sort of like that that I just finished that's a part of a series, um, I thought it was YA, but apparently there, she is this book is not considered to be YA and it's called City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. Um, it's a, another great fantasy series, but it wouldn't work for this challenge, unfortunately, because it's not actually YA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was, which was unfortunate. <laughs> I thought I'd finished that challenge today. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I was thinking about with Sabriel is that it's another... Uh, thoroughly another comfort read for me. So I thought I'd share another one of my favorite comfort dishes that I found on the website Naturally Ella. Naturally Ella. Um, I found it a a couple of years ago, and it's her red lentil tikka masala with spinach. And it has a bit of a kick, especially if you made the same mistake that I did the first time I made this dish. The recipe instructs you to make a masala paste that is a combination of a bunch of different spices aromatics and tomato paste and in the recipe you're only supposed to use about a third of what you make for the masala paste but I didn't read closely enough 
and just threw it all in there, <laughs> and which included all three tablespoons of red pepper flake. Oh, wow. So it was powerfully spiced and, um, you know, makes, makes you sweat a little bit when you eat it. <laughs> but if you follow the recipe as you should, um, it is, it's really flexible. So you can always, you know, up the amount of heat or, or lower it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's another one of those, like, very fulfilling, hearty, yet vegetarian dishes um, that I'm sure if you wanted to add chicken to it, it would be great. Um, but it, it is, has a wonderful, heavy, satisfying feel when you're done with it. That sounds really good. Yeah. Indiana is always good this time of year. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of just a big bowl of food. <laughs> Especially if it can warm you up a little bit as you eat it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Books and Bites podcast. We record in the recording studio at the Jessamine County Public Library. You can find out more about the library, our recording studio, and the books we talked about in this episode on our website at jesspublib.org. Our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Whitten from his album In Close Quarters with the Enemy. You can find out more about Scott and his music on his website at doorforadesk.com.